Blog Talk Radio. The envelopes, please, Mr. Holcroft. May we hear the sound of the envelope tearing, please? Uh, you open it, Doris. All right. The winner is? And the winner is. And the Oscar goes to? The Oscar goes to? And the Oscar goes to... And good evening, everyone. Jason O'Brien here on the Oscar Oscar online radio show, live on Tuesday night, March 6th, 2018. Uh, The telephone number for the show is 646-915-9500. My email address, should you want to get a hold of me at any time, is jaobrien1971 at gmail.com. That's jaobrien1971 at gmail.com. But yes, this is the final show of the 2017 Film Awards season, the 90th Oscars post-show. Just a day extra delayed, but uh, the 90th Annual Academy Awards were this past Sunday night. Hard to believe another Film Awards season has come to a close, but the Oscars finally did arrive uh, in this much-delayed season because of the Winter Olympics. So tonight, as usual, will be my complete review and recap of the 90th Oscars. Um, as we wrap up another season of coverage here on Blog Talk Radio. This will be the final show of uh, the season before we go back on a hiatus until the next film award season um, due to a lot of... Uh, I know I do a couple of special shows um, right after the, the post-show, um, but just unfortunately my schedule right now is just going to prevent that, as you could see from the <laughs> Thursday night Oscar prediction special where I was, what, two hours late? going into my own show and I do I do want to say a special thank you uh to my good friend and co-host Jamie Duvall for uh stepping in that night. I messaged him only a couple of hours before as I was still working on the film that I'm working on right now <clears throat> and was saying to him that you know it looks like I'm going to need you to host the show and I was able to listen back to the show until the point that I was able to uh, call in and I re- very much appreciate uh Jamie soldiering on and uh I really enjoyed listening to uh, the four of them. It was strange to not be there, a part of the prediction special, as that's always a tradition. But uh, I really do appreciate uh, Jamie and everybody else soldiering on with the show and making their predictions. So anyway, so uh, get this done at the top of the show. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash Oscar Oscar. That's audibletrial.com slash Oscar Oscar. But yes, how did we do on our predictions um, from our prediction special? Well, let's take a look. Uh, well, Chelsea did the best, and Chelsea with her, she did 22 out of 24. God, you did great this year, Chelsea. Um, of course, she was the only one of us that predicted The Shape of Water for Best Picture, which did win. Um, but she did 22 out of 24, and that actually led her to winning our uh, Oscar World Invitational uh, Prediction Contest. Uh, This is her second time winning that, so a big congratulations to Chelsea. 
Um, then it was Mark getting 19 out of 24 correct. And then Jamie and I tied both with 18 out of 24. I, I seem to be stuck in that 18 out of 24 range for my predictions. And then Garney, with all his bold predictions, came in 13 categories correct out of 24. So, um, And it looks like the only category that none of us predicted correctly was best live-action short film. None of us predicted The Silent Child. So anyway, so that's, that's how we looked from the standpoint of our Oscar predictions. So again, thanks to everybody who listened in to our annual prediction special. And again, a special shout-out and thanks uh, to Jamie for – stepping in and doing a great job it was very entertaining <laughs> to listen to so anyway uh so sunday night's oscars it was just reported they came in at an all-time low for ratings only 26.5 million viewers um stumbling an unfortunate 19 percent from last year's telecast um but this they were saying that this is the least watched oscars in history trailing 2008 by more than 5 million um, and again, we always kind of contribute the ratings of the Oscar telecast to what films were nominated. You know, there weren't a lot of movies, like in the Best Picture race, for example. Like The Shape of Water is one of the more successful films at the box office to win Best Picture in recent years. Um, <clears throat> but still, we're not talking about a huge blockbuster, and it'll probably do more now that uh, the film has won Best Picture. But um, it was a little bit down um, in the ratings, but... Uh, Anyway, I was I thought I had a couple more news items I was going to get to before my review. But uh, but yeah, so let's let's get right to it. Uh so I'll start with a little recap of highlights of some of the best moments. Um I think this was put together, I can't remember who put this together. I downloaded this earlier today. It's been like a crazy schedule um that I've been on cuz I'm still working on the film that I'm working on. So uh Anyway, but here's a little bit uh, to to recap some of the best highlights from uh, Sunday night's Academy Awards, and then we'll dive then we'll dive right into it. It's Salma Hayek Pano with her date, the creature from the shape of water. Looks like fishy shades of gray to me. Don't say La La Land. Don't say La La Land. This year, when you hear your name called, don't get up right away. Just give us a minute. We don't want another thing. Oscar is still number one, no question about it. Oscar is the most beloved and respected man in Hollywood, and there's a very good reason why. Just look at him. Keeps his hands where you can see them, never says a rude word, and most importantly, no penis at all. And thanks to Guillermo, we will always remember this year as the year men screwed up so badly, women started dating fish. This is a really long show. So here's what we're gonna do. Not saying you shouldn't give a long speech, but whoever gives the shortest speech tonight will go home with, Johnny, tell them what they'll win. It's a brand new jet ski. Cruising comfort on the 2018 Kawasaki Ultra 310LX. The number one choice for watercraft enthusiasts. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, jo Helen Mirren, not included. Why waste precious time thanking your mom when you could be taking her for the ride of her life on a brand new jet ski? Sam Rockwell, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay. Run that clock, Jimmy. I want to get that ski jet or whatever that was. I'd like to thank the Academy. Never thought I'd say those words. 
If your speech runs over this year, instead of music, you will see and hear this. Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out. Thank you, Lakeith. That's Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> who you, uh, of course, you know from the movie. Get out! There you go. <laughs> Quick update. Since the show started 47 minutes ago, Black Panther made another $48 million. They're saying Black Panther has been so successful at the box office, they're already saying it's the favorite to not get nominated for anything next year. Allison Janney, I I did it all by myself. You know, the very first Oscar ceremony was held right across the street at the Roosevelt Hotel back in 1929. At that Oscars, they gave out two awards for Best Picture. It's kind of what we did last year. And I thought it might be fun to read the first joke ever told at the Oscars 90 years ago. And thanks to the Academy Archive, which has all of this stuff, I have it. And Douglas Fairbanks Sr. was the host of the show, and this was his opening joke. Uh, Christopher Plummer is tonight's youngest nominee. Still holds up. Hi, what's your name? Uh, Steven. What do you do? I'm married to Kate Ketra. Oh, how nice. Oh, yes, her I know. You got any pot? Do you have any pot? Sorry, I didn't realize we were on. All right. Hello, Hi, everyone. everyone. How are you doing? I don't know if you know who we are. You are live on the Oscars right now. In fact, you see that audience? There's Meryl Streep. I um, made a promise to our six-year-old lead actress that I'd sign this speech. But my hands are shaking a little bit, so I, I apologize. Um, thank you. For those who say we're all a bunch of out-of-touch Hollywood elites, I'll have you know that each of the 45 million Swarovski crystals on this stage tonight represents humility. It is the vision of the director that takes an ordinary movie and turns it into a work of art. These four men and Greta Gerwig created their own masterpieces this year. They are the nominees for achievement in directing. Sorry, what happened to you? Street. Yeah. She iconied me. <sighs> but, but we're gonna not talk about that. We're gonna get on with it, aren't we? Legal reasons, I get it. Yeah. She's always so nice at the luncheon. That she's acting. Ah. <sighs> Frances McDormand, three billboards outside every Missouri. If I may be so honored, to have all the female nominees in every category stand with me in this room tonight. The actors, Meryl, if you do it, everybody else will, come on. The filmmakers, the producers, the directors, the writers, the cinematographer, the, the composers, the songwriters, the, 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 the designers. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Jane and I are very, very honored to have been asked to present to 
together yeah. Yeah. on Oscar's 90th birthday. Yeah, especially when we found out he's older than we are. Right? God, that's a point. <laughs> I mean, that's an anomaly, really, isn't it, here in Hollywood, having a, uh, an older man with a younger woman. And the winner is Gary Oldman. I would like to thank my mother, who is, is older than the Oscar. She is 99 years young, next birthday. Thank you for your love and support. Um, put the kettle on. I'm bringing Oscar home. We are about to present the final award of the night. This is the home stretch. Nothing could possibly go wrong from here on. <laughs> what happened last year is Waterhouse Under the Bridge. Here now, on the historic 51st anniversary of the classic Bonnie and Clyde, please welcome Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. And the Oscar goes to... The Shape of Water. Guillermo del Toro and J. Miles Dale produced. The Shape of Water has 13 Academy Award nominations this year, winning four Oscars tonight for production design, music original score, directing, and best picture. Just some highlights from uh, Sunday night's Academy Awards. So before I get to my recap and review, um, I asked a Facebook question tonight uh, to solicit some of your responses to what you thought of the Academy Awards, and we got some good responses. Let's go back over to Facebook and check. Uh, let's see. All right, Chad Venable, longtime friend, said the show was fine. Two things. Number one, the Everyman segment is dumb and needs to stop. And two, the in-memoriam was all producers. All kinds of actors died in 2017 that weren't in the segment. Yeah, there's been a lot of criticism, as there has been in recent years, but it seemed to be more uh, this year about the people left out of the in-memoriam segment, so we'll get to that later. Mike McDonald said he was happy with Gary Oldman's win. He's just such a wonderful actor. I think that his best performance was in Leon European release, the professional released in America. Whoever is reading this, be sure to get a copy of the European movie. It will hold your attention all the way through. Natalie Portman's performance is stellar also. It was her first film. Uh, James Swift said, My only complaint is all that were left out of the in memoriam. Anna Catherine Kovach said, Loved seeing Eva Marie Saint see as such an icon and Hollywood legend. And I also loved seeing Rita Moreno. Daniel Bamberg, It is hard for me to believe that Shape for Best Pick over three billboards was not a political call due to the sudden wave of folks not understanding the film now that it's reached home video and streaming. I wish they'd just stop this kind of nonsense and pick winners and nominees based on merit. Jeremy Sandy said, he's too busy trying to win an Oscar myself, but I heard Gary finally got his. Good for Gary. Jonathan Gumbel, all hail Oldman and Deacons. And Jennifer Dawn said, very good, thought it was the best in a long time, and loved the motivation they tried to do for shortest speech. I have to admit, though, that some of the movies I hadn't heard of before due to working on films myself. Yeah, Jennifer and um, uh, <laughs> Jeremy, sorry. Jeremy and Jennifer echoed a lot of what... 
I've been going through this season where I haven't been able to focus on the Oscars as much. And, and in fact, it took me a while to even catch up on some of the movies just because of how busy I am making movies myself, which is not a bad thing at all. So anyway, um, one bit of news item that happened since the Oscars, uh, one of those kind of strange uh, things that have happened, is Francis McDormand's Oscar being briefly stolen. <laughs> I mean, uh, I joked about this on Facebook uh, that um, did did this person not see her character in Three Billboards? Uh, you don't mess with Mildred. But yes, uh, a guy named Terry Bryant was arrested for felony theft after he allegedly took the ward at the Governor's Ball, which is the uh, party celebration that takes place uh, immediately after the Oscars. Um, and apparently, you know, if there was some Instagram video or something that was posted of him holding her statue, um, so it didn't disappear for long. But um, um, yeah, that was kind of an interesting. She does now have it back, so that's very good to hear. Um, but anyway, you know, one trend I've noticed this year that, but you know, aside from others, I, I didn't want to forget to mention this, is how many Oscar recipients sat their ask, Oscar statue down on the stage to give their speeches. I, I remember Sam Rockwell started with it, and then it seemed like so many were doing that. I mean, I know the statue is heavy, but I joked about this. I'm like, hey, if I ever win an Oscar, you know, you're, you're probably not ever going to see me again without it in my hand, <laughs> much less while I'm giving my speech. But uh I just seem to notice that trend happening at this year's Oscars that everybody was like sitting their Oscar statue down on the stage. And they should have put like a nightstand up there or something for people to rest it on. But anyway, so let's get to it. Let's uh, step through the show. This is what I always do on my post show. I just like to step through the show. I made notes uh, throughout the ceremony uh, so I could comment on and talk about the show. In an overall review, I love this Oscars. Um, I really thought this. I, I thought this was a, an incredibly well-made balance. Between, you know, they they brought they brought out some of the stars that they brought back from classic Hollywood, gave such a great sense of tradition to the show, especially in light of you know this being the 90th Academy Awards. It was good to see them bringing out a lot of these stars, which led to a, a huge number of standing ovations overall throughout the ceremony. There were 14 total standing ovations throughout. But it was really great to see a lot of the old Hollywood guard uh, lending a lot of class to the ceremony. But then it also managed at the same time to be really a statement on the changing Hollywood, uh, so much about the diversity and inclusion theme that was there. But you just saw it throughout the performances. Um, you saw it in a lot of the presenters, um, just so much of what the new Hollywood is. So I, I really applaud the producers of this year's show, you know, especially you know, recovering from you know, the fiasco of the 89th Oscars last year uh, with Jimmy Kimmel being a host. I thought it was fun. It was entertaining. Um, really just a really great show. I thought the sets were beautiful. Uh, uh, there are a rotating bit of, uh, of, of different sets that I thought were just gorgeous to see. Um, so overall, I really loved the show. Uh, I know people complained again about the length. I think this was uh, ended up clocking in at about three hours and 50 minutes. And again, I, I always say every year, I don't, I don't understand this complaint about the length of the show. And even this year, the show started a half hour earlier, so uh, people should have gotten to bed a little bit earlier. But hey, like I always say, this is the one night of the year where we celebrate the complete art of motion pictures, and we celebrate the uh, get to celebrate all the different uh, crafts and arts of filmmaking. And so um, it'd be great if one night of the year, um, you know, that we could celebrate that and not complain so much about the length of the show. But yeah, overall, I loved it. Um, 
I also love the changes. Uh, I, I'm sure everybody noticed how the envelopes actually changed to where we actually saw the categories written in big print. <laughs> Obviously, another, again, response to uh, um, what happened uh, last year so that we could clearly see what, what category was being presented. Um, so I thought that was a very cool thing to do. Um, but anyway, uh, right from the start, I loved how the show opened. You know, it had this black and white intro. Um, where it showed, you know, the contemporary footage uh, with a Jimmy Kimmel with his voice changed, uh, doing like a newsreel kind of opening for the Oscars, sort of again a celebration of the 90th anniversary, uh, which I thought was very, very funny. Um, and then, yeah, you heard it in highlight reel. Uh, I thought that it was such a, a funny thing to do. And it, it looked like, you know, for about the half of the show, you know, one of the criticisms that I always have of the Academy Awards ceremony is the orchestra playing off um, – People And it seemed like they were going to avoid doing that, and they didn't do that for about the first half of the show, and then I noticed they started to start doing that. And I thought Jimmy Kimmel's way of saying that the person who gives the shortest Oscar acceptance speech wins a jet ski, and then later how he upped it to um, – I think it was a trip to Lake Havasu or something um, – I thought was <laughs> really, really funny, and I thought it kind of kept a good recurring theme um, – and you know, because that's always been something throughout the Oscar ceremonies through the years, that they've always tried to find ways to encourage uh, Oscar recipients to keep their speeches to a minimum. Um, so this one was certainly different and unique. So, um, so anyway, uh, I thought that was fun. Um, and then, as I kind of expected, when each of the acting categories came up, they had a nice montage. There was great – all the montages, I thought, were edited beautifully. Um, I'll get to one later that I thought was one of my favorites. Um, but each acting category had a nice montage before it of past winners in their performances, which was really lent a nice bit of weight you know, to looking at the credible history of each category. So Best Supporting Actor was the first one of the night. Viola Davis, last year's Best Supporting Actress, came up to present, and as expected, uh, no big surprise, that went to Sam Rockwell. Um, great to see Sam again, though, although I'm always critical of people that bring out speeches written on paper, you know, like I just always, you always love it more when they speak from their heart, but, you know, I, I understand you're in front of a billion people and it's nerve-wracking too, but um, anyway, it was great to see Sam finally win an Oscar um, for a very well-deserved performance, for sure. Um, and then, again, Jimmy, uh, having the actor from Get Out saying that another way if your speech goes too long, he would run out, and he was all dressed in his garb from that film, so I thought that was pretty funny. I thought Jimmy Kimmel's opening monologue was great. I thought he handled the Me Too movement really well. Um, again, I think the whole telecast uh, was able to handle that well. It didn't. I, I felt like it didn't focus on it too completely, but it all kind of it was enveloped into an inclusion and diversity theme. So, um, you know, and in his opening monologue, Jimmy Kimmel, you know, hilariously, you know, we always we wondered, you know, how Jimmy Kimmel was going to address last year's Oscar fiasco. So I'll play a little bit here of Jimmy Kimmel's monologue because um, I, I thought it was, again, I, th I thought he did a great job. Uh, so here's a little bit of Jimmy's monologue. to our viewers all around the world. Thank you for watching. Thank you for having me. It is a great honor to be invited back for a second time. It's a great honor to be here among so many talented 
women and men, congratulations to all of you. You made it. We're at the Oscars. Some of you will be going home tonight with an Academy Award. What could be better than that? Nothing, right? So, oh, I do want to mention, this year, when you hear your name called, don't get up right away. <laughs> Give us a minute. We don't want another thing. What happened last year was unfortunate. I've not told the story in public because I wanted to save it for tonight, but here's what happened. This is true. Last year, about a week before the show, the producers asked me if I wanted to do uh, some comedy with the accountants, and I said, no, I don't want to do comedy with the accountants. So then the accountants went ahead and did comedy on their own. <laughs> and I have to hand it to them. It was hilarious, but it won't happen again. This year, the chairman of PricewaterhouseCoopers said, and I quote, our singular focus will be on the show and delivering the correct envelopes, which is, uh, does make sense. Just out of curiosity, though, uh, what was your focus the other 89 years? <laughs> I'm hopeful that things will go smoothly tonight. We can't ruin this one. This is a special year. This is a big one. These are the 90th Academy Awards. This is history happening right here. Our friend Oscar, Oscar is 90 years old tonight, which means he's probably at home right now watching Fox News. Of course, no, Oscar is here with us. After all the years, uh, after all the awards given for achievements in show business, Oscar is still number one, no question about it. Oscar is the most beloved and respected man in Hollywood, and there's a very good reason why. Just look at him. Keeps his hands where you can see them. Never says a rude word. And most importantly, no penis at all. He is literally a statue of limitations. And that's the kind of men we need more of in this town. Here's how clueless Hollywood is about women. We made a movie called What Women Want, and it starred Mel Gibson. <laughs> kind of all you need to know. The Academy, as you're no doubt aware, uh, took action last year to expel Harvey Weinstein from their ranks. There were a lot of great nominees, but Harvey deserved it the most. And Oh, that's nice. That's very sweet. So, I'm sure he'll appreciate that applause. Uh, the Academy kicked him out, and after they did, I was curious, so I looked it up. You know, the only other person to be expelled from the Academy ever was a character actor named Carmine Caridi. In 2004, he was kicked out for sharing screeners. Carmine Caridi got the same punishment as Harvey Weinstein for giving his neighbor a copy of Seabiscuit on VHS. I love that joke. So he, he continued on and gave a great monologue. Like, I've, like I said, I, I think Jimmy Kimmel's a, r a really great host of the Oscars, and I'll address that later with some of the bits that he did. But again, I thought he did a great job, you know, especially after the whole season of awards shows where we're dealing with the movement and the changes in Hollywood. I thought he addressed it very well and was very, very funny in so many of his remarks. So back to the show itself. So the second award of the night was for makeup and hairstyling. Uh, Gal Gadot and Am Army Hammer presented that. And as expected, that award went to Darkest Hour. No big surprise there. That was one of the foregone conclusions of the night. Um, and then we had one of our first uh, old classic Hollywood stars come out, Eva Marie Saint, 93 years old. Um, and wasn't she uh, so beautiful? I mean, so amazingly, you know, just... I mean, you couldn't tell that she's in her 90s. Uh, it was just, you know, so great to see a classic Hollywood star like that come out. She came out to present 
the award for costume design. And again, this went as expected to Phantom Thread, no big surprise there. And it ended up that costume designer Mark Bridges ended up giving the shortest acceptance speech of the night. And that was one of the hilarious parts at the end when he came out riding on the jet ski. <laughs> so I uh, thought that was very fun. Um, then it was documentary feature. Uh, Greta Gerwig and Laura Dern came out to present that. And uh, Mark got that one right. I, th I think he was the only one of us that predicted this one. Uh, I think the rest of us were all predicting Faces Places, but he was correct in predicting Icarus uh, as the winner of the Best Documentary Feature. Then Taraji P. Henson came out uh, to introduce the first Best Original Song performance, and that was Mighty River, performed by Mary J. Blige. And i got to say, all the musical performances, save for one, uh, which I'll get to, were amazing. I thought Mary J. Blige gave an amazing performance of Mighty River. In fact, after I heard that song, um, I was starting to agree with Garney. Uh, I think he was the one who predicted it. I thought, wow, you know, they, they may give it to uh, Mary J. Blige for that. It was an amazing performance that she gave. Um, then, as I mentioned, uh, the editing of the montages this year, uh, they presented a 90 Years of Dreams montage, which I thought was one of the one of the most amazing film history montages that I've seen in recent times. Uh, my good friend Daniel Bamberg made a comment on Facebook that, um, but unfortunately, most of the films in there uh, didn't win, you know, weren't honored by the Academy for Best Picture, which is true. You know, there's so much of film history that didn't get honored by the Academy, but I thought it was a really beautiful way of showing not only like the craft of filmmaking, but a great history of movie making. That's a montage that I want to watch over and over again because it, it just, it just, it it just reminded me again of why I love movies so much. And and you know, and there's been over the years, you know, like one of the ones I that still stands out for me of film history was way back to the 1990. Oscars, or the ones that honored for 1989, I think it was the 62nd Annual Academy Awards, um, where Chuck Workman put together a beautiful tribute to film history. But I'm always a sucker for montages like that, not only for the ones that come out usually at the end of each year of that year's films, but any ones that put together a montage of film history, I just love so much. And this was a really, really beautiful one. Well, well done. Uh, then Ansel Elgort and Elia Gonzalez came out to present the Sound Editing and Sound Mixing Awards. And these, as expected, went to Dunkirk, uh, which pretty much everyone predicted, so no big surprises there. Um, the Academy this year, instead of uh, having people come out to kind of present recaps and uh, saving time, they put together a very quick recap of the Governor's Awards and the Scientific and Technical Awards into one kind of montage. Um, Jimmy Kimmel was in the crowd a few times, and I love the moment when he asked Steven Spielberg for pot <laughs> in one of two uh, marijuana references of the night. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, then uh, Lapita Nyong'o and Camille Najani came out to present the Oscar for Production Design. And again, this win is predicted to The Shape of Water. Then we had the next Best Original Song performance, and this was Remember Me, which Gail Garcia Bernal uh, and Miguel also performed. And I thought it was – this was one of the ones I thought was kind of weak, especially at the beginning. I don't, I don't know if it sounded this way in the theater, but on the telecast – Gail Garcia Bernal's performance at the beginning of the Remember Me sounded, I don't know, <laughs> it was a little off-key, but um, as soon as the number got going, I thought it was a, another really beautiful performance um, of that song. Um, yeah, then Jimmy Kimmel sweetened the pot for the shortest acceptance speech, adding the Lake Havasu trip to Arizona. Then we had another great moment of old Hollywood. Rita Moreno came out wearing the same dress that she wore to the Oscars when she won back in 1962 for West Side Story. I thought that was a pretty amazing thing. And Rita Moreno still looking amazing. 
and was very excited to give the Best Foreign Language Film Oscar to a fantastic woman from Chile. I don't know why I didn't shift my prediction back. I, I was the only one who predicted the square. I really screwed up foreign language film. Um, yeah, again, an example of how I just didn't have as much time to focus on the Oscars this year as I usually do. Then it was time for Best Supporting Actress. Mahershala Ali, who won Best Supporting Actor last year, came out to present. And as expected, uh, this went to Allison Janney and I, Tanya. I loved her beginning of her acceptance speech when she said, I did this all by myself. <laughs> you know, and then she went on to... You could, you could tell that she was really moved by this moment. Her very first time attending the Oscars, and she won. So that was very, very cool. Um, then a moment that maybe didn't work as well was when Jimmy Kimmel had a younger version of himself come out. Um, that, one, that one didn't play as well, I thought. Um, because when he was talking about what his younger self would have thought as he introduced, um, you know, the cast of Star Wars: The Last Jedi coming out, um, so I, I didn't think that one worked as well. But yeah, then uh, Mark Hamill, Kelly Marie Tran, Oscar Isaac, and BB-8 were all out on stage, and this reminded me too of like going back way back to the original Star Wars uh, when I think C-3PO R2D2 came out at the 1977 Oscars. Um, I, I love the moments like this, uh, especially having Mark Hamill on stage and. You, you may have heard it in the highlights clip where he was saying, don't say La La Land, don't say La La Land. But seeing the cast out there was great. They came out to present uh, the animated Oscars for animated short film, which as expected went to Deer Basketball. Uh, so L.A. got to see Kobe Bryant win an Oscar. Um, I always love the Facebook posts that, that say something like, Kobe Bryant won Oscar, Alfred Hitchcock zero. <laughs> um, and then the Best Animated Feature Film Oscar, as most everyone predicted, did go to Coco. Um, then we had another Best Original Song performance. Uh, this was the Mystery of Love uh, performance, which I thought was very beautiful. Another great um, Oscar performance. Then Matthew McConaughey came out to present the Best Visual Effects Oscar. Or excuse me, Gina Rodriguez and Tom Holland came out to present the Best Visual Effects Oscar. And man, yeah, I screwed the pooch on this category too. I was the only one that predicted war for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, but I was very happy to see that Blade Runner 2049 got this because it really did deserve the visual effects Oscar. I mean, it's an absolute marvel um, of a film. So many incredible achievements in visual effects. So, again, another one that I should have seen coming. Um, one. And then Matthew McConaughey came out to present the Best Film Editing Oscar. And as expected, this one went to Dunkirk. You know, everyone did acknowledge just how much Dunkirk was a technical marvel, and that's why it very deservedly won uh, the Oscars for film editing and the sound Oscars. Um, but that's all that it would end up winning. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people criticize these moments. You know, Jimmy Kimmel did, you know, a similar kind of moment like this last year where he invited um, just normal people into the theater uh, last year. And this bit, I thought, worked even more where he basically had, you know, he, he showed like some spy cameras that there was a crowd watching a preview of A Wrinkle in Time across the street at the TCL Chinese Theater, and that what he was going to do was round up a group of stars to walk across the street and surprise the crowd um, over there. And I, I don't know, I love moments like this. Ellen DeGeneres did, you know, similar moments, um, you, know, that, you know, like the pizza delivery guy, um, I, I I don't know. I like moments like this because I think it speaks again to, you know, because for so like if you go back to the golden age of Hollywood, you know, so many we'd watch the Academy Awards and it seemed like these people were like untouchable, you know, and in our day and age now where stars are more accessible, um, I don't know. These moments for me kind of bring everybody kind of down to a, a more 
you know, general level. And I, I just love it. I, and I love to see the stars that are just willing and open to doing these kinds of things. And, and it was really kind of, it came from a nice place of how Jimmy Kimmel wanted to thank the moviegoers. You know, that's how he started it. Because he was saying, you know, that it's, it's really the moviegoers that, you know, make it possible for, for all of us to do what we do. Um, so, uh, you know, he, he got volunteers to come over. He kind of called out people by name, but it ended up being Guillermo del Toro, uh, Gal Gadot, Emily Blunt, Mark Hamill, Lapita Nyong'o, and some others. Uh, and it was funny having Guillermo del Toro at the front of the line being led by Guillermo, um, if you're familiar with Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, of Guillermo on there, and they were came over with flags and all that. So they went to the commercial break, and when they came back, uh, Gal Gadot and Jimmy Kimmel uh, were the first to walk in. And they surprised the crowd, and as expected, everyone just went wild. It was another standing ovation of the night of the crowd in that theater, uh, being so surprised. Um, and then to see all of these other stars come filtering in, and then they had hot dog cannons that they shot into the crowd. I think Ansel Elgort had the, one of the hot dog cannons. Um, and they were giving out – I think Guillermo del Toro at one point was holding a huge Subway sandwich. Um, and again, I just – I love these moments, I, you know, and, and I think it's what – you know. That's that's why you have a host like Jimmy Kimmel, and again, I think it just it it just it really humanizes the show, you know, of of these moments that, you know, because then when he announced that you you know all the crowd was at the Oscars and they showed the crowd at the Oscars on the screen watching the people in the theater, I thought that was a really really cool moment. Um, so I don't know, I, I like these kind of moments. Um, and again, uh, one of the second pot references of the show is when Jimmy Kimmel came in and said there was quite the aroma of uh, marijuana in the theater. So um, so I know most of this is visual, but I did want to play a little bit uh, of this moment because I thought, I thought it was really, really fun. You know, a lot of people have been thanked tonight. Uh, producers, directors, Mexico got a thanks, and deservedly so. Many of you would not be here without the people you're thanking. But there's another group that I think deserves our thanks even more because without them, none of us would be here. So I want to thank, uh, I want to take a moment to thank the people who actually go to see the movies you make. Tonight we thank the movie-going public. I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think you fully understand. I don't want us to just clap, applause is nice, but I want to really thank them. So. The people you see on screen right now, they are across the way at the TCL Chinese Theater. They don't know we can see them. They're, we're watching them on one of those cameras that have vision in the night. What do they call it? Night vision cameras? So they don't know the cameras there. We lured them into the theater to see a sneak preview of the movie A Wrinkle in Time. And I thought it would be nice if we got a group together to go over there and thank them in person to surprise them. So who wants to come with me? Um, by the way, we're looking for stars. Ansel, would you like to come with me? That would be very kind of you. Yes, I mean, who else? Mark, would you? Oh, they would get a big kick out of seeing Luke Skywalker. That would be wonderful. Um, yeah, definitely. Guillermo, you want to come with us? You know you're nominated in every category, so this could potentially be problematic. Wonderful. Oh, good. Here, Guillermo? Uh, I'd like you to meet Guillermo. Yes. All right, guys. Hi. Hi, Emily, would you? Emily Blunt will come with us. They can see what Mary Poppins looks like in the flesh. Wonderful. Oh, Gal Gadot. Oh, my God, Lupita, thank you. Okay, some people have trained. I think we have a pretty solid group here. Oh, Army Hammer is going to join us as well. Wonderful. So follow Guillermo. Let's head over there right now. Oh, Lynn Manuel Miranda. All right, Margot follow Robbie. me. Okay, great. This is, is going to be a great group. Thank you.
Okay, so we are outside theater number six at the TCL Chinese Theater. Got all these movie stars gathered. We've got snacks. What do we have here? What do you have? Candy. Candy. We got red vines. We got gummy bears. We got. We have a six-foot sub, and we have a hot dog cannon. Ansel has a hot dog cannon, and Army has a hot dog cannon. We're gonna fire hot dogs into the. You're gonna fire hot dogs? Sandwiches. Those Guillermo's. Good job. So Gal, you come in, and we'll distract them, and then we'll bring everybody in as a surprise. Okay? Here we go. All right. Here we go. So, here we go. Hello, Hi, everyone. everyone. How are you doing? I don't know if you know who we are. You do. We're on the screen. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We brought you some goodies. We're sorry we interrupted the movie, but. I just want to say right off the bat, there is a strong aroma of marijuana in this theater. It's true. <laughs> so Not that I know how I, it smells, but I think it's you're going to appreciate what we have. First of all, I have an announcement to make. You are live on the Oscars right now. In fact, you see that audience? Where's Meryl Streep? So we were talking about uh, our appreciation for people who go to the movies, and those are you people, so we wanted to say thank you to the moviegoers. Say thank, thank you, you to the moviegoers, everybody. So like I said, I, I don't know. I, I love these kind of moments. I, I think they're fun. I think they kind of really humanize the Oscars. I think it, you know, it, it's great to, to just see people that had no idea that they were going to be on the Oscar telecast get a moment like that. So I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought that even rivaled last year with bringing stars into the theater that are bringing uh, people into the theater that didn't know that they were going to be on the Oscars. So this one was a lot of fun. So then back to the awards. Uh, Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph came out, and I think they were the presenters that got the most uh, – uh, uh, what's the word? Most uh, notice, uh, a lot of people saying that this would be a great pair to host the Oscars. Uh, we tend to get, it seems like every year we get a presenter or two like that, a grouping like that, that are mentioned. Uh, I know like Steve Carell and Tina Fey in the past were mentioned as great Oscar hosts. But Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph had a great, great time. They, they talked about it like, are the Oscars too black now? <laughs> and they talked about it, that there's plenty of white people still to come. And So they were having a great time, and they were out to present the other two short subject awards, <clears throat> documentary short subject, which went to Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405, which a number of my other fellow predictors were correct in predicting, and I was wrong. Um, and then live action short film went to The Silent Child. Did anybody predict The Silent Child? I mean, even outside of our of our group, <laughs> I never heard anyone else predicting that. So that one was kind of a surprise. Then uh, Dave Chappelle came out to introduce another Best Original Song performance, and this was Stand Up for Something, performed by Common and Audra Day. And again, talk about another amazing performance. It reminded me very much of the, uh, the performance of Glory from Selma many years back that was so moving. Um, I thought this one uh, with Common, um, you know, adding in a lot of other commentary into, into the song spoke really really powerfully, and I, I thought it was, again, a very moving song. And I, I love this song. Like, to me, I still would have loved to have seen this song win the Oscar. I think it's, it's, it's a better song than Remember Me from Coco. 
but uh, but yeah, it was it was a really great performance. Um, then there was a tribute to the Me Too movement. Um, Selma Hayek, Ashley Judd, and Annabella Sciorra all came out. Um, it was a very moving moment uh, to see all three of them um, on the stage and talking about uh, the Time's Up and Me Too movement. And then there was a very good uh, montage about diversity and equality uh, that was very moving uh, to see with a lot of different people interviewed on it. And I think, again, this was, uh, the Academy, this was a great way for the Academy to address it um, in the broader picture of diversity and inclusion. So I thought that was really, really well done. Uh, then it was time to present the Screenplay Awards. Chadwick Boseman and Margot Robbie came out to present the Best Adapted Screenplay Award. And as most had predicted, uh, James Ivory won this for Call Me By Your Name. Got a great standing ovation, uh, James Ivory finally winning an Oscar. Uh, so that was another great moment to see happen. Um, and then Nicole Kidman came out to present the Best Original Screenplay Oscar. And yes, one of the ones I predicted correctly, I think it was just me and Chelsea that predicted it, um, that Jordan Peele won for Get Out. Um, that was a that was a really well-deserved Oscar, and you could tell just how much first African-American to ever win the original screenplay Oscar. Um, and I loved what he said on stage about how many times he <clears throat> that he stopped writing this because he just didn't think that he, he would be able to write this. And it was a great testament, you know, to what so many of us that are writers struggle with for so long of um and he had an even bigger task that he was trying to do of of creating a film in in a genre like horror that was going to address um a lot of the contemporary struggles with race and things that and his balance in that it's such a well-written film this is a very well-deserved choice uh for jordan peele to win um and here's a little bit later of jordan peele backstage uh where he talked a little bit more about it <clears throat> Where is my clip? I had it here somewhere. Here we go. Gentlemen, the winner for best original screenplay for Get Out, Jordan Peele. We're going to start with 57, and then I'll go to 38. Am I about to be auctioned off right now? <laughs> We're just you absolutely are. Get used to it. Creepy. All right. Hey. This, is, this is the reward for winning. Congratulations. Okay, wonderful. Hi, Denai. Back here in the back. Where are you at? Where you are you at? Nice there you are. Hi. Hi, Denai. I want to know how it feels to be a part of one of the most memorable times for black film. Oh, my God. It's, it's a renaissance. This, this is, you know, something that, you know, I, 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 I almost never became a director because there was such a shortage of role models. We had Spike. We had John Singleton, we had the Peebleses, we had the Hughes brothers, but they felt like the exception to the rule. I'm, I'm so proud to be a part of a time, um, uh, the, the beginning of, of a movement where, you, where, where I feel like the best films in every genre are, are, are being brought to, to, to me by my fellow black directors. Um, it, 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 it's very special, and I, and I think that goes for all areas of inclusion. Um, but it, it's quite clear with the work that Ava's doing, that Ryan's doing, F. Gary Gray, Barry, that this is a very special time. We're going to 38 Thank and you. then to 123. Okay. 38. Congratulations. <laughs> Robert Ramirez, Motion Picture Association of America. Uh, you mentioned the crew during your, um, your speech. Um, what, do you, what can you tell us about the Below the Line crew specifically uh, on, on your film? 
You know, it, it was it's such a scrappy group, and I mean scrappy. You know, we did the, we made this movie in 23 days, 4.5 million dollars. Um, I had people that I shouldn't have been able to afford do this movie because they believed in it and they put their trust in my vision. Um, my AD Gerard Denardi and his team worked miracles with the schedule we had and what we had to accomplish. Uh, my my wardrobe. Uh, department. Nadine Haters, my costume designer, worked miracles with what she had to work with. Toby Oliver and, and, and his department worked miracles. Rusty Smith. Um, this, is a, this is an independent film and uh, we, we sweated for it. So I'm, I'm, I, I felt like uh, I had the privilege of being a, a pirate captain with a swarthy group of real badasses, and I love them. I'll never forget a single one of them. Thank you. Going to 123 and then 61. Okay. Hi, Jordan. Aramide Tibu. There you are. Shadow and X. Nice to meet you. Um, as you continue to move forward telling stories about race and things that have affected us in our society, how important are Oscars and other awards um, essential to you for validation or to continue to move forward? Well, you know, I... I didn't know how important this was. I always wanted this, but the, the, the campaign is grueling, and there are times where I, I questioned what is it all about. You're, you're, you're watching your own your last jump shot for a year, and it does, as an artist, that doesn't feel right. Um, it doesn't feel right to be complacent and, and to feel like uh, I've done anything too special, to reward myself. When the nominations for this came together, first of all, um, when, when the nominations came out, I, I had this amazing feeling of looking at the 12-year-old the uh, that w w had this burning in my uh, guts for this type of validation. And I, it instantly, I instantly realized that an award like this is much bigger than me. This is about paying it forward to the young people who might not believe that they could achieve the highest honor in whatever craft they want to push forward. You're not a failure if you don't get this, but I almost didn't do it because I didn't believe that there was a place for me. Um, Whoopi Goldberg and her acceptance speech for Best Supporting Actress for, for Ghost was a huge inspiration to me. And, the, and when I got nominated, one of the first things I did was reach out and call her and thank her for uh, telling young people who maybe doubted themselves that they can do it. So um, I hope that this does the same and inspires more people to use their voices. We're going to 61, and then I am being told to wrap up, so we'll end with number one right here. Hi there, Natalie here from Forbes. Um, this, might this might sound counterintuitive, but did having a small budget uh, give you freedom as a director? If so, how? You know what? It, 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 I don't know if I would describe it as freedom, but the, in a way, the, the truth that I, uh, I, I didn't have a lot to work with did set me free. Very early on, I had to face the facts. I was not going to be able to get everything I wanted or felt like I needed for this project. So I had to do like a Jedi mind trick on myself and say every obstacle that comes up, because there's, there's 40 a day, Every obstacle that comes up is a gift. This is my improv training working. Every, every time a brick wall gets put up, 
that is putting me in a position where I have an opportunity to make a stronger choice than I started with. So this, that is a gift, that, that, that knowledge, that wisdom of how to attack a film is a gift I'll take with me for every project uh, for, for the rest of my life. Hey, Jordan, over here on the left. Here. How are you? Okay, last um, one. When you, going through this whole award season, I have to wonder, it's kind of crazy, it's kind of surreal, has it inspired you in any way? Any, kicked up any stories in your head about maybe future stuff that you want to do? Any inspiration in that way? Yeah, I, you know, I've also often joked that the, if there's a Get Out 2, it will take place at an award show. <laughs> where, you know, it, it, it might look something like this. I don't know. No, you know, I, uh, the, w what's been the most beautiful part about this for me are all the f full circle moments of meeting heroes. Gary Oldman is coming out next, I believe. He's been my favorite actor since Bram Stoker's Dracula and, and, and True Romance. I got to sit down with him outside and we just talked about this experience and we, we shot the shit. And it's moments like that, it's moments like getting to meet Spike Lee, Steven Spielberg, I got to meet Francis Ford Coppola, all my fellow nominees. Uh, these, these are moments that are priceless. Priceless, 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 and I'll take them with me forever. Thank you, Thank you so you guys. much. Congratulations. So a great moment with Jordan Peele backstage. Um, very well deserved uh, to see him winning uh, for Best Original Screenplay. Then uh, one of the montages that was kind of a surprise, but, um, you know, how, how can you argue uh, – with it being there. And it was great to see someone like Wes Studi presenting. That's just not someone that you've, you know, really seen um, on the Oscar telecast. Uh, he came out and talked about his military history and introduced a montage of films that had military themes. And there was a special thank you from the Academy, uh, you know, to all those who serve. So, uh, again, another well-edited montage with a lot of history, of, uh, film history of movies that have dealt with war and military themes. Then the award, one of the awards we all waited for, Sandra Bullock came out um, to present the Oscar for Best Cinematography. And yes, Roger Deakins, on his 14th nomination, finally won. <laughs> and I think the first cinematographer in history to get a standing ovation, so well-deserved for Blade Runner 2049. Um, and like I said, it's not just you know Roger Deakins finally getting an Oscar, but it is like the best cinematography of the year. It's a well-deserved choice. And so it was really, really great to see a cinematographer like Roger Deakins, so well-deserved, um, one of the greatest uh, cinematographers of all time, winning finally an Oscar for Blade Runner 2049. Then Zendaya came out to introduce the last Best Original Song performance. I apologize for kind of losing my voice. Um, this is me from uh, The Greatest Showman, and again, another rousing, rousing performance. Again, you could just tell how much the audience was moved by it. Um, and it's a very rousing number. You know, that's just as Mark and I think Jamie both predicted it to win. Um, we're saying, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to deny the power of that song and that theme, uh, you know, throughout the film. Again, of, it, it plays really well into the whole idea of acceptance and inclusion. Um, so you could almost make a case for that song winning. Um, then it was time to present the music awards. Christopher Walken. Again, someone else that we don't get to see on the Oscar telecast a lot. Like I said, it was a great mix of the of the people from you know Hollywood's golden age and a lot of the older 
guard of Hollywood coming out uh, to present. So it was great to see Christopher walking out there. He got a much deserved standing ovation. He presented an original score. And this one went as pretty much everyone expected. Alexandra Desplat won another Oscar for his beautiful score to The Shape of Water. And then Emily Blunt and Lin-Manuel Miranda came out to present the original song award. And this one, as some of us predicted, went to Remember Me from Coco. Um, and let's see. Then we had the In Memoriam segment. Jennifer Garner came out to introduce this. Um, and again, this criticism comes out every year about the In Memoriam segment, about who they didn't include. But it seemed this year there were a lot more uh, people that were not included this year. Um, and uh, But I, I do have to applaud the choice of Eddie Vedder uh, performing, uh, Tom Petty, performing a cover of Tom Petty's song, Room at the Top, I thought was a really beautiful choice. Um, Eddie Vedder's voice, just amazing for that moment. So, um, And the ones that they do include, the In Memoriam segment is always a moving moment of any Oscar telecast. It, it always brings me to tears just to see the people you know, that we have lost in the past year and their legacy playing out. So. so yes, I definitely agree with the criticisms about the people that weren't included, and I wish the Academy would make a little more of an effort um, to put even more people in that In Memoriam segment. So... Then it was time for the four big awards of the night. Emma Stone was on hand uh, to present the Best Director Oscar, and no big surprise that it went to Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. And it was really, really great to see del Toro win. He got a much-deserved standing ovation, um, and he's such, just such a lovable guy. And, you know, and, and I played the quote of him on our prediction special when he talked about you know, the, the type of things you know, in today's Hollywood it seems that presenting emotion and love on screen like he has is a really rare thing these days. You know, we, we seem to be more jaded in so much of our culture and um, great to see an old fashioned love story like the shape of water, um, which did go on to win best picture and for del Toro to win for that effort for best director. So very, very cool moment to see del Toro win. Then again, great Hollywood guard choices coming out, Jane Fonda and Helen Mirren, you know, who better to come out, you know, because, the tradition would have had Casey Affleck return uh, since he won Best Actor last year for Manchester by the Sea, but he had declined to attend the Oscars. Very wise choice given um, his, you know, sexual uh, harassment things that have happened with him that he decided not to attend. So a great choice to have Jane Fonda and Helen Mirren out to present. They looked amazing. Presented Best Actor, and as expected, it went to Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour, who also received a standing ovation. I thought he gave a very great speech. You heard a little bit of it in the highlights reel. But then I think the moment of the night was definitely uh, – first, it was great to see Jodie Foster. Again, another great choice. We haven't seen Jodie Foster in a long time. She came out on crutches. She made a great joke. She came out with Jennifer Lawrence to present um, the Best Actress Award. And uh, it, was, it was really cool to, uh, um, you know, to see – uh, Jodie Foster again on the stage, and I guess it was a skiing accident, I think, recently. That's why she was on crutches, but she made a great joke about it. But they presented the Best Actress Award, and as predicted, and I'm, it's the award I was very excited to see because it's so well-deserved, Frances McDormand winning for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, an amazing performance. And I think not only the speech of the night, but I think one of the great, like, in the history of the Academy Awards, this is going to be one of the great Oscar acceptance speeches ever. Um, rare for Frances McDormand. She actually was a little shaken and nervous, but she did recover enough to create a, an amazing moment when she she really you know made this not about herself, but 
so much of what she has been throughout the awards season. She did even more by having the female nominees stand up and, and what she said about it was so great about, you know, that we have projects, we have stories, you know, don't come to talk to us about it at the parties tonight, but have us in your offices later or come to our offices, whichever is better. But I won't try to uh, summarize it. I'll, I'll just play it because, like I said, I think it was the moment of the night. Um, so here was Frances McDormand's acceptance speech when she won. And the Oscar goes to Frances McDormand, three billboards outside every This is the second Oscar and fifth nomination for Frances McDormand. She took home her first Oscar, Oscar for her leading performance in Fargo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm hyperventilating a little bit. If I fall over, pick me up because I've got some things to say. I think this is what Chloe Kim must have felt like after doing back-to-back -back 1080s in the Olympic halfpipe. Did you see that? Okay, that's what it feels like. I want to thank Martin McDonough. Look what you did. Uh, we are a bunch of hooligans and anarchists, but we do clean up nice. I want to thank every single person in this building and my sister Dorothy. I love you, Dot. And I especially want to thank my clan, Joel and Pedro Mick Cohen. These two stalwart individuals were well raised by their feminist mothers. They, they value themselves, each other, and those around them. I know you are proud of me, and that fills me with everlasting joy. And now I want to get some perspective. If I may be so honored to have all the female nominees in every category stand with me in this room tonight, the actors, Meryl, if you do it, everybody else will, come on, the filmmakers, the producers, the directors, the writers, the cinematographer, the, the composers, the songwriters, the, 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 the designers, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look around, everybody. Look around, ladies and gentlemen, because we all have stories to tell and projects we need finance. Don't talk to us about it at the parties tonight. Call, invite us into your office in a couple days, or you can come to ours, whichever suits you best, and we'll tell you all about them. I have two words to leave with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Inclusion rider. So the question everyone was asking the next day and even that night was, what was Inclusion Writer about? Um, and she addressed it backstage a little bit more. So here was Frances McDormand uh, backstage. Ladies and gentlemen, Best Actress, Three Billboards Outside of LA, Missouri, Frances McDormand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't give me any more attention, because it'll all go to my head. 
Okay, let's hold these numbers up, and we're going to start with 168, and then I'll go to um, Come on, ask your words. I'm ready. I'm ready. got to get him a microphone. Okay. 168, okay. over here, guys. Margo. I mean, Margo. <laughs> Francis. All right. right you have no Marco. Call me Marco. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Can you please remark about... To the right or the left. Right where here. am I looking? So I'm left. sorry, sweetheart. Your go left. ahead. Anna Rio with Vanity Fair. Can yeah. you please explain your comment at the end, the two words... Inclusion right. I just found out about this last week. There is, has always been available to all, uh, everybody that, get, that does a negotiation on a film, an inclusion writer, which means that you can ask for and or demand at least 50% diversity in not only the casting, but also the crew. And so the fact that, we, that I just learned that after 35 years of being in the film business, it's not, we're not going back. So the whole idea of women trending, no. No trending. African-Americans trending, no. No trending. It changes now. And I think the inclusion rider will have something to do with that. We're going to right? 28. Power, 28. power and rules. 28 and then 261 right here. So, oh, my God, it's like we're, I, we're bidding on art. I know, right? Right? <laughs> Put up your paddle. Where are you? My paddle is your, to right your here. right. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Francis Steve Futterman from CBS News. Congratulations. Thank you. I want to ask you about a bit of a follow-up to that question. The tone of the evening, obviously it's about awards, but there was certainly throughout the evening the idea that this was a different Oscars than in the past because of what has happened since, not, since October. No, it actually was. A, it happened way before that. I think that what happened last year, you know, with Moonlight winning the Best Picture, that's when it changed. And, and it, it had to be acknowledged. That had to be acknowledged, and it was acknowledged in the best possible way. Not just by, you know, fixing the mistake, but actually recognizing that that one best picture, Moonlight won best picture of 2017. I'm sorry, go ahead. Your question? <laughs> I thought there was more to that, but but yeah, he, he, her explaining that backstage a little bit more of what that is, um, something that a lot of us hadn't heard about or knew. And like I said, I think the the way Frances McDormand delivered that speech, and I think it was the the perfect kind of fitting end to an Oscars that really was signaling a lot of change in a, in in a moment in time in this industry that we are seeing a lot of change. And I saw a great review today that mentioned it may take a couple of years before we really see if a lot of what has happened this film awards season, and especially at this Oscars, do actually change things. Um, I sure hope they do. Um, I, you know, because there have been so many times in the past that things like this have been addressed, but never quite like this. This has been like a sea change in the industry. And Frances McDormand winning in her perfect speech, um, you know, where she was able to, in just those, you know, couple of minutes, where she was able to, you know, we, we don't get to see a lot of, like, her addressing personal things like she did with her, her husband and son, but, but also uh, this moment in time and this change. Um, I think this Oscars was a perfect representation of that moment in time. And that's, that's, again, why I love collecting the Oscar telecasts, why I record them for history, because you go back in time and you watch and you see not only, like, what's going on with the fashions and the trends of that time and, and of course, what the films being honored of that year were, but you also see what's going on in the industry at that time. And this, 
you know, years and years and years from now, the 90th Oscars, I think, will be viewed as a pinnacle moment that was able to perfectly capture, you know, what was going on in the industry at this time. And, and Francis McDormand certainly cemented it home in a very, very powerful way. So that left the Best Picture Award, and it was a great idea to have both Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway come out again, um, since they were part of the huge Best Picture fiasco from last year with Moonlight. Um, They got it right this year, no uh, snafu with that, and it did go to The Shape of Water, which uh, from our predictors, Chelsea was the only one who did go with her personal pick and predict. Um, Again, no real big surprise. We really thought this did come down to either Three Billboards or The Shape of Water. And The Shape of Water did go in with the most nominations. It's a throwback kind of a film. You know, it is still a surprise in a number of ways being – God, I'm really sorry about my voice, guys. Um, It is a throwback in a lot of ways to, you know, the old old kind of Hollywood films. But it is a fantasy film. It's it's still kind of surprising that it won. But, um, you know, it it certainly was a film that was just so embraced and kind of well-loved. And, you know, Three Billboards, you know, my favorite film of the year. Um, I'm a little disappointed that it didn't win. I think it's a it's another very powerful film that speaks very much to a lot of what we're going through in this country and this moment in time. Um, but Shape of Water, you, you know, it's hard to argue against it. It was my number six film of the year. I love the movie. I think it's a beautiful film. It's got a lot of beautiful moments. Um, so not, not a bad choice either. Um, so Shape of Water won. And then, of course, we had the final moments of the telecast when Mark Bridges came out on his jet ski. <laughs> so, so like I said, I I was very, very happy with this year's Academy Awards for the most part. I thought it was a the, – the best thing for me, again, was like I mentioned, I, I thought it so perfectly was able to celebrate the anniversary of the 90th Oscars, you know, bringing out some people, you know, that reach back to the, you know, golden age of Hollywood – lending it a lot of class, and then being such a great representation with the presenters and the music and the strong performances, the issues that were addressed by so many about diversity and inclusion. I thought it so perfectly captured this moment in time really, really well, and it was an enjoyable, enjoyable Oscars this year, so well, well done by all involved. So anyway, since I'm losing my voice, thankfully we've reached the end of my review, So, um, and I am tired. I have to be back on set in the morning, so I need some sleep. Um, which, you know, has been difficult to come by lately. Um, and, like, I, I, I wish I could talk to you. You know, I appreciate so much the, the, all of you that do still listen to the show. I know this, you know, this schedule, this film awards season has been all over the map um, with not only the busyness of my schedule, but the the things that have been going on in my personal life that are that I really can't talk about in a public forum as of yet. But, um it's 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 been a very difficult time personally and um you know so i really do appreciate that everyone has still managed to track down the show um i mean even here during the post show this is not our usual night uh, to do it um but uh i i appreciate every year being able to connect with other people that appreciate the academy awards like i do and this passion that that I've always had for the Academy Awards and what they mean to film and the love of film that I fortunately at this moment in time still get to practice. Um, and I hope I'm continuing to be able to do that. Um, I hope that my personal life will reach a place of better happiness and stability and certainty soon. Um, very, very soon would be very nice. Um, and who knows next film award season, things, things hopefully will be a lot better. 
So um, thank you so very much for another Film Awards season coverage here. Like I said, this will be our last show now um, until probably November uh, time frame when the next Film Awards season will get started. Um, 2018 looks to be an exciting year for movies. Um, I hope I'm able to get to a lot more of them. And I hope also that I'm able to make a lot of them. Um, I hope I get that privilege. Um, so thank you very much uh, for giving me the privilege of your time in listening to this show. I hope you've enjoyed it over this Oscar season. And uh, that's about all I can say right now, because probably if I keep talking in a, a couple of minutes, I will be out of voice. <laughs> so anyway, I want to close it out tonight with... One of the moments that, like I said, even though it's been criticized because there were people that weren't included, um, Eddie Vedder's performance of the In Memoriam segment of Room at the Top, I, that song just really resonated with me right now. And uh, so I want to close it out uh, with Eddie Vedder's performance of that. So thanks again for another season of Oscar coverage here on Oscar Oscar. Um, my website for the Academy Awards, which I try to keep updated as much as possible, is oscarworld.net. You can follow my film work if I can ever get a chance to update the website uh, for Fastlane Productions at flprods.com. Um, and uh, for those of you that connect with me on Facebook, of course, you can follow me all year long. Um, but thanks again, and let's close it out tonight with Eddie Vedder performing Room at the Top. Um, and thank you so much to all of you. I really, really appreciate it. All your support, everything. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Room at the top. Please welcome Eddie Vedder.
Come here. 